What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Leader Huddle Podcast. Today is a very special and unique episode. We're calling today Bonus Friday. And uh, unfortunately, Ryan and mine, my schedule could not work out this week uh, because he flew out of town. He's out there doing something important with important people. I'm just kidding. I don't know what he's doing. But um, we decided to do something a little unique. But I do have someone else here with me, and I want him to say hi. So he's going to be my co-host for today. Say hi, Eli. Hi. Say hello, Leader Huddle fans. Hello, Leader Huddle fans. You ready for Bonus Friday? Yep. Yeah? What are we going to do today? I don't know. What? I don't know. Bro, I thought you were the co-host today. I know, but you never told me what we're going to do. Okay, well, I'm going to be Gabe, and you be Ryan. So I want you to talk like Ryan. I'll try. Okay, so you're going to say, hey, everybody, welcome to the Leader Huddle Podcast, but I want you to say it like you're Ryan. Okay? Ready? Go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Leader Huddle Podcast. Say, my name's Ryan. My name's Ryan. Bye. All right. So there it is. Gabe and Eli, a.k.a. Ryan. Anyway, guys, this is what we're going to do. We're going to give you three never-heard-before bonus segments from some of our episodes um, with The Convo, with Kurt and Colton, with uh, Pastor Marty Calderon, and also with uh, Bishop Randy Williams. So when you hear this sound, you know that you're transitioning from one bonus segment to the other. And this was the stuff that we had on our Patreon account, but we decided to go ahead and release it. So we will be back at you next week with another special guest interview. But for today, enjoy this uh, behind-the-scenes bonus content with from these three episodes, and enjoy Bonus Friday. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Leader Huddle podcast with Gabe and Ryan. This is where we talk about leadership, life, and God. I'm Gabe. And I'm Ryan. Thank you guys so much for making us part of your day. This is the Leader Huddle podcast. <laughs> guys we are back with the convo with kurt and colton and uh, we had a great episode uh too and they dropped some knowledge on us definitely yeah so this is our bonus segment for all of our uh, patreon members and first we want to say thank you guys for being a, a patron and following us vip member exclusive exclusive content. content so you will not get this anywhere else so it's going to be real quick but um you guys are both uh, recording artists and have recorded for professionals in every sense of the word. Yeah, I, I mean, have recorded for quite a few people, but uh, we wanted to kind of see if we could get a behind-the-scenes look at the week of recording you guys recently did with Mark Crowder, who hopefully will be a guest with us. Yeah, 
He's going to come on in uh, late September, I think it is. That's awesome. So, yeah, if you guys could give us like a just a little walkthrough, how many days were you guys preparing, um, kind of leading up to the actual recording event? Um, what was that like? Well, we did um, probably about three days of prep, just the band and Mark. And then we did a week of prep on site in Columbus, Ohio with a full band. Okay. And so the three days in advance were like demo days, basically. Yeah. Where uh, Mark already had some rough uh, outlines of the song. And um, me, Kurt, Austin, uh, Travis. And was Matt here the whole time? I think so. He left a day early. Yeah, and then Matt was here, Matt Ewing, and we just kind of hashed out a bunch of ideas for the songs and mapped them out a little bit better, and then we kind of um, zoned in on them the week of the recording and made more adjustments and stuff like that. Yeah, so did you, who arranged like a lot of those songs? It was like a collaborative effort. Okay. But did, but, but like, did Mark come to the table and he's like, hey guys, I got this? Oh yeah, because Mark's actually a really good piano player. Oh, I didn't know that. So, yeah, so a lot of the stuff he already did, we just took his interpretations and made it into, like, a band kind of thing. That's cool. That's cool. That's always been something, and I, I um, you talked about this in one of your episodes on the convo. I was actually kind of inspired by it, and uh, I think somebody was asking about, like, the difference between a, a being a, a recording musician versus not and Kurt, I think it was you, or maybe it was Colton, I don't remember, but one of you guys was like, it's actually not that hard or not as hard as you think. Basically, if you can play in church, you can play on a track type of thing. Aaron Robosa actually said that. Oh, maybe it was Aaron. Yeah, he said if you could get through like a, you know, a typical worship set, you know, doing the Israel songs or something, then you're actually good enough to record. Do, do you guys feel like that that's, that's pretty true? or? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think really one of the hardest parts about recording is keeping it simple enough yeah. and keeping enough like space in the songs. So yeah, um, when you play with someone who's immature, you, that comes out more in recordings and mm, how good somebody is. That's good. Gotcha. Um, so during that week of recording, um, and, and I guess in preparation, um, I assume that everything was already like predetermined what you guys were going to do as far as um like did did anything get decided like right there on the spot like the oh yeah everything that was intro for fatal over fear that was like we made that up like about 10 minutes before the recording started wow wait like the, like the actual recording <laughs> like the night of yeah wow like 10 minutes before like yeah literally 10 minutes before the recording started that's pretty cool man that's wild. That was basically Matt Ewing came up with a wild <laughs> yeah. idea, yeah. and we just built off of it. But um, and then there was like some, there was some changes to some of the songs, as far as you know, like some little small musical changes. But like the bones of the songs were all kind of, for the most part, done before we got there that week. Yeah. What was um, each of your favorite song to play? On that re- mm. on that recording. I think mine might be Faith Over Fear. Yeah, I think I'm there too. Yeah, that's a bump for sure. Yeah. We just did it's got um, a lot of lot of good musical parts to it. Yeah. We just did um Anything Can Happen uh yesterday mm-hmm. morning, which is um that's always a terrific song, super powerful. And then um 
we did um oh snap we did this too we did two mark crowder songs yesterday morning i just realized that um we did breakout which yeah, yeah that's a good one we've been doing that so song the funny a lot. story on that intro is we were here in the studio and we were coming up with an intro for it and uh kurt said all right like we need a, a line for the intro and so i asked david jennings who was here i was like I was like, hey, what can we do for the intro? And he just sang that da 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 Really? And so we copied it. And now we've been getting a lot of flack because they think it sounds like some old yeah. Star Wars or something weird like that. But <laughs> we didn't know anything about that. That's funny. Wow. If it is, the devil had it too long. So <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I took it back. So going off topic here, I just got to hear um, – Brother David Jennings, uh, actually Gabe and I both did. We went to an event in San Diego where he was doing the music for it. Man. Like, yeah, he's fire, dude. It yeah, certainly wasn't my first time, but that was because um, I've yeah, seen him at your guys' church several times. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, he's awesome. Actually, we can hear his album. Yeah. yeah. Hey, We're now, working on that. Did you, guys play, did you guys both play for that? Mm-hmm. Wow. Same, pretty close to the same band as yeah. Mark except for Austin Keith was on drums and we added another guitarist. So you upgraded uh, on drums. Same, yeah, Julian same core, on. Yeah. So you upgraded on drums. I'll go on record and say that. I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay with that. You guys don't have to comment. I don't want you to get in any conflict of interest. Right. But, um, yeah, you guys upgraded on drums. Hey, your opinion's your opinion, so you're good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, so tell us something um, – that maybe you haven't told anybody about like a funny story that happened that week. Oh. <laughs> We're fishing. We're fishing. <laughs> we got one. All right. Give it to us. All right. So everybody's pretty much heard about the pizza guy. At this yes. I've heard that. But one. I mean, it was, it was hilarious. That was kind of really, that was like the main. Yeah. That might be the funniest thing that's ever happened. Um, but what's, <laughs> what's actually funnier is i actually just texted him last week um the pizza you know, guy kind of acted like nothing happened uh, <laughs> what is his name Stephen Stephen gray uh yeah i texted him last week i said hey brother everything okay your way he said praise the lord brother colton god is still on the throne how are you keeping <laughs> <laughs> i said doing pretty good brother been out of conference in oregon you guys having revival and then i never heard back from him so <laughs> but yeah he was kind of like he was kind of the storyline of the week and um Outside of that, I'm not sure what what other you know funny things happened. That he kind of erased any other memory we may have had. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that kind of that took uh, that took the crown right there. Um, I remember when you hilarious. guys. I remember as soon as you guys landed, we stopped, and uh, I had met you for 20 minutes maybe on the way back from the airport. Mm-hmm. I was taking <laughs> you guys to the church, and uh, you guys were getting ready to go live with with Mark Crowder on Instagram. And uh, he said, "Hey, can right, we get yeah. a? Um, can you stop? Can we drive by a Domino's real quick?" And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, like I forgot I'm, about that. I'm thinking you want pizza or something." You're like, "Yeah, um, can we stop by Domino's? We got. I got to get a Domino's pizza box." I'm thinking, "All right, man, sure, whatever you want." And then you tell me the story about what happened with the recording, and uh, obviously it all made sense after that. But um, man, I've, my first. 15, 20 minutes with you guys, you asked for a Domino's pizza box. Yeah. So I was like, all right. Well, right. If you don't we know the, get that. Yeah, if you don't know the full story, you got to go listen to the convo. It's, in, it's it's scattered through a few episodes. I think Frankie yeah. talked about it. Uh, oh, yeah. Mark. You came out with the hoodie, too, for uh, yeah. yeah, for it. 
poncho. The poncho. Yeah, the poncho. Yeah. <laughs> That's great, dude. Um, now, Colton was um, was the Reverend. Um, oh, what's his name? The great Reverend from Mississippi, Brother Piner. Yeah, was he at the recording as well? No, um, I'm sure he was probably preaching out somewhere. Um, he wasn't able to make it, but yeah, we're gonna try to get him at the next one. Yeah, you'll have to do that. You'll have to do that. Well, I told, I already told Ryan that uh, I'm looking up my my plane tickets. I want to come come see your guys' operation up close and personal. Well, man, October 21st and 22nd, Mid America. We're going big for Mid America. Hey, so another thing that um. I remember you guys talking about in your podcast and maybe you guys can give us a little bit of exclusive content mm. on, um, was you guys were thinking about doing a, um, a convo music conference, correct? Yeah. The camp, 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 camp convo, camp convo is, uh, is that still kind of in the works or is that on hold for now? Yeah, for sure. I think, um, uh, we're just kind of working out some details like where would the best time and place be to have it. Um, and you know, kind of the logistics of it, but it's definitely something we want to do. What What would be like the main takeaway from that? Like, hey, I'm going to Camp Convo. What am I getting? So it'd be like classes throughout the day. Um, you know, with just different people teaching on different instruments or different topics, and uh-huh. then um, you know, the night either being concerts or you know, some opportunity for everybody to get together and hang out and play. Dude, sign like me up. Sign me up. Yeah, that'll be good. Uh, yeah, it'd be a lot of fun. We just have to figure out how to make it work. For sure. Yeah, I've mentioned that to um, a couple people at my dad's church, and then um, the Gallardos. We were talking about it as well. And um, yep. shout man, out Doc G. Yeah, there. Doc G in San Diego. He's the man right there. But um, yeah, there you definitely cool? seems they to said, be. They mailed those T-shirts. I forgot they're at home. I gotta get the next level ones. Yeah. Yeah, those are really clean. Those are sharp. They did a good I, job. I gotta meet those. Doc G because he he always comments on our stuff. Always since he he's a he's a faithful follower. Yeah, he's he's the man right there. Yeah, he's a cool guy and family too. Yes, sir. But um, yeah. So there's been a lot of uh, a lot of talk on it. So I know those spots are gonna fill up fast. So um, I'm gonna have to make sure I'm on that I'm I'm, I'm on that For wait sure. list to get on ASAP. But absolutely. Well, thank you guys again for for giving us some exclusive behind the scenes on um, the the Mark Crowder recording and uh, kind of rambled on a couple of other topics there. But I appreciate yeah. your guys' time. I really, really do. I don't take that lightly. Yeah, no problem. We yeah, guys, it. I enjoyed it. It was great meeting you guys, man. You too, game. Thank you, Apostle Brew, oh, nice. on Instagram. Cool. Okay. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the bonus segment with uh, Pastor Marty Calderon here. We had a really great uh, segment. We learned a lot about his ministry and his life. And so um, this is exclusive content only available to our Patreon uh members or followers i don't know what it's called i mean patreon's new to me our social media director shout out to lorraine she hooked us up with this whole thing so anyway um marty's gonna get um well we're all gonna get i guess a little personal but uh he has agreed to share with us a little bit and encourage us um about his health journey and his weight loss journey um and so um i'm really excited to hear just 
um, how it's gone for him because when I met Marty and and we talked about this ahead of time, I said, hey, can we talk about this? Or he's like, yeah, let's talk about it. Let's encourage somebody. So when I met Marty, he was um, a, a pretty big guy. And um, I'm also a big guy for those who know what I look like. So I'm super skinny. <laughs> What are you guys hey, laughing standing at? Between shame, me and Gabe. No. Shame, no. shame, shame the devil. No, I'm, a, I'm a pretty big guy too. Yeah, right, right. Well, we marriage does that. I'm just gonna put that out there. You know, uh, yeah. people always and my wife always says, "Why do you say that?" You know about marriage, like you're trying to make people. Because my wife's a great cook. I said, "Babe, it's not that you cook bad stuff." Mm-mm. Like she didn't even cook unhealthy. It's my happy place. But yeah, bro. Like I will go back for three, four servings. I'm like, man, this is bomb. It, yeah. And then next thing you know, like a year after we got married, like. I, this is not a joke. I, I have it, actually. Maybe I don't have it. But my ministerial license picture was taken when I was a deacon. And I was and 19. hasn't changed it ever since. And, well, they, they don't <laughs> even ask me to change it. I kid you not, though. This is a true story. I mean, I've never, uh, you, you know. Anyway, we got, I got carded at a convention. And I was trying to go into I a room. I want to hear that story offline. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to get into a room. Oh, I do have it. I was trying to get into a room and I showed the the usher my picture and he looked at me and he goes, that's not you, bro. Look at this picture. Oh, <laughs> I was like 19. Wow. I was 19. I think I was like 145 right there. And when I was trying to get into the room, I was already like 220, 230. Right now I'm, I'm cruising at 254. So I'll just put that out there because uh, I am um, trying to get healthy and actually I've lost... Uh, uh, July 1st, I decided to get serious, and that's a whole other story. I know this is not about me, it's about Marty, but I'm just going to share. Um, I decided to get serious about my weight and uh, losing weight and get healthy. And um, so I started going to the gym about five days a week. I'm trying to, I'm trying to eat better. It's a work in progress. Uh, but I started at my heaviest I've ever been, 267.8 pounds. And so right now, I'm a uh, month and a half later, I'm at 254. And my goal is by the end of this year... In Jesus name to get under 200 but we'll see anyway uh, it's doable. it is doable and actually Marty really inspired me because from literally one convention to the next <laughs> he uh, I didn't even reckon him like, who is that guy up there he lost all his weight so tell us a little bit or what you're willing to share about sure. your weight loss and no your problem. your health so if you're hearing the, this podcast earlier you know that I met my wife in Minnesota when we when we met mm-hmm. about to blow your mind you said you're how much now Two six. It's uh, about you now. Two fifty four. Yeah. Okay. When I met my wife, same height, six three. Um, I weighed two thirty five. Wow. So you were. Yeah. You were so, not very big. Not well. For me, I was, but uh-huh. yeah, not not very big compared to now. Um, I but I'm saying for six three though, yeah. that's that's a good. Like, if yeah, I, I was good. Yeah. If I was hey, six three. No doubt when she saw me. Yeah. If I was six three when I. <laughs> if I was six, I wish she I was have six a chance, three. Huh? You didn't have a chance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so um, we met and everything got married, and I agree with you the marriage thing. I have this philosophy that it's the terrible part of pregnancies is that our wives oh my god after they like have the kids and they lose the weight we get stuck with all that pregnancy weight mm-hmm. that we put on that's when know? i gained my weight we're there we're wanting to comfort them and help them that's and eat right. on their side you know good friends don't let friends exactly. eat alone exactly right. especially and for your, your spouse. wife's your best yeah, friend exactly right. there you go but yeah yeah that didn't work let me just say this real quick because you're talking about <laughs> pregnancy my wife uh, this is how i know pregnant, she's like pregnant. every nine months we know <laughs> 
we hey, know. By the way, we just found out we're having our, our last kid. Jesus' name is a boy. We yeah, just found did out you say that like three kids ago? He said, he said his next kid, folks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Correction. Edited. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but I know my wife's pregnant when she craves McDonald's. Wow. It's the only time she likes McDonald's. She will not eat McDonald's unless she's pregnant. And the first pregnancy, we lived literally... 0.2 miles from McDonald's, she'd wake up at 3 in the morning and say, I want a hot fudge Sunday. I'd be like, babe, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. She's like, I want a hot fudge Sunday. She would send me. So what man is going to go get his wife a hot fudge Sunday and not and, get one for yourself? Yeah. Of course, you know. And when the baby... With nuts or without? Huh? She likes with nuts. I hate nuts. Dude, Gabe, what's going on? I'm not on? a nut no guy. Rocks, no nuts, no nuts. Come on, dude. What's going on here? I'm, I'm an Astros fan, I'm, I'm telling you. Astros fan? It's got to be. I'm not a nuts or sausage fan. I'm gonna cut that. <laughs> no, this is what they pay for. They pay to get this. <laughs> They're getting it all. Okay. For better or for worse. Thank you for clarifying that. Hallelujah. Oh. Oh, man. Okay, sorry. That is not why. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) All righty then. Okay, go ahead, bro. Go ahead. You did not hear that wrong. No, Gabe, you have to leave that. Formerly known as the pastor. (laughs) (laughs) Once Bishop hears this, Uh, Pastor Tim, if you need his phone number, I can give it to you. Taking his ministerial credentials. (laughs) He got it. It's gone. That is fun. Oh my word. Oh man. Okay, you were saying (laughs) pregnancy. (laughs) Let's let's get back to the guest at hand. So the Sundays, you get, so your, your wife likes Sunday. So anyway, <laughs> you gain weight together with your wife. <laughs> uh, we'll recover from this. We'll yeah, we will. All right. So uh, me and you will. I don't know if yeah, Gabe will. Okay. <laughs> I'm never Church doors are gonna be closed. Your house is gonna be closed. <laughs> Living in your van. Oh my goodness! At least it's a comfortable van. That's right. right. That's yeah, true. So, oh man, Whew. But yeah. Anyway, so um, two sets of twins, man. Gained a lot of weight with uh, you know the catering to the wife and and to all of her uh, food wants and needs and what have you. So um, went from two forty and two thirty five, and actually at my highest point was four eighty. Wow. Four eighty, and so. Though I was huge, still the height helped me. Yeah, yeah helped. Yeah. 480 if I was like five My feet, height, yeah, like exactly. So um, I was mobile, never made an excuse. Back was hurting, knees were hurting, ankles were hurting, like everything was hurting. Um, and a lot of stuff that comes along with obesity, or in my case, morbid obesity, that is not even a physical thing. At that point, mm, it's an it's emotional so true. thing. Emotionally, it just... Yeah. And no one will understand this, and, and you can sit there and say, oh, well, yeah, you should have just lost the weight or whatever. Yeah. But until you're there, you don't you don't get it. You don't understand That's it. Right. And so, so many, like, humiliating things that happened along the way in my life and what have you that I wouldn't even share with my family. Um, but I'll never forget in, in, in this back and forth and up and down and trying anything and everything. And I remember a pastor, a uh, pastor friend from Texas that I had never met before, I started following him online and seeing his journey. I'm like, man, this is impressive. If this guy can lose weight, I can lose weight. He was a lot older than me, and uh, he was he was getting it done. And so, um, 
I started uh, following what he was doing and, and went to you know these protein shakes and what have mm. you. And I lost um, on my own without anything else other than that was I lost 120 pounds wow. in three months. Oh what? I just went psycho. No. I like two shakes a day and a salad at night. Wow. And that was it. And 120 yes. pounds. That's 40 pounds crazy. a month. Now, there, there's something that some people don't know. The heavier you are, the, 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 yeah. the easier it is to lose large amounts of weight. Sure, sure. You know, but still, but yeah, 120. Like, in 90 sure. days? Yeah, I just started. I just started walking every well, day. I, I believe that because I have another friend. I won't say his name, but he's a big guy, like probably in the 400s. And when he got serious, he lost like 50 pounds in probably like 30 days. Yeah. yeah. I believe so it, yeah. I started oh, with just walking word. a mile a day, just walking. And then I started walking three miles a day, and at my like where I was really killing, and in Miami with all that, you know, that heat, heat and yeah. what have you, and humidity, I ended up walking like six, seven miles a day. Wow! And then a trainer of a, of a local gym saw me walking. He's like, "I see you walking every day. What are you doing?" And I'm like, "Man, I'm after. I'm trying to lose weight." And he's like, "Come on in and introduce me to the elliptical." And yep. I'll never forget. And I saw that machine. I'm like, oh, little old Cuban guy in his 70s, right? He's just trotting along. I'm like, oh, that's easy. He says, we'll work you up to that. And he puts me on the treadmill. I'm like, no, I want to do that. He says, you won't be able to do that yet. Just get on the treadmill, walk a little bit, and then you'll, mm-hmm. you'll build up to that. I'll never forget one day he walked out and I went over to get on the elliptical. I'm like, oh, yeah. And the little old man's there just going. I didn't last three minutes on that thing. I was just yeah. like, oh, this I love is the elliptical. nuts. Yeah. But I love it because of the results you get from it. Yeah. It's just like, an amazing workout it's, it's working yeah. out everything but anyway so so from there I, I dropped 120 pounds um and that whole up and down up and down up and down um to the point where my parents got really worried about me my wife got really worried about me i ballooned back up to 480 and they said look you need to get surgery you need to do something you need to figure out something and so i i went to a bariatric surgeon i talked to the surgeon they wanted me to you know, do all these other things i'm like no 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 I was following another gentleman um, at that moment that I had knew, knew had had some surgeries and um, just encouraged me. And yeah. so I did have bariatric surgery. I didn't have the bypass. I had the, something called the, the uh, gastric sleeve okay. and where they just basically reduce the size. They don't touch like your intestines or any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, um, all those things are tools that you get. The shakes were tools. The surgery is tools. Everything's tools. But it wasn't until a sister walks up to me in church and reads this scripture I'm about to read you, 3 John uh, 2, 1, 2. But, uh, Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health, just as your soul prospers. Wow. And we were talking about service earlier. Mm-hmm. She said, the young people of our church are following you. Mm. You're their leader. If you really want to serve them, start getting healthy. Wow. wow. And that impacted Yeesh. me. That impacted me because then it was it was the weight wasn't just for me it was for other those people that I was leading, and so yeah I ended up having the sleeve but it, you know it was kind of bouncing back and forth but that's where I really started getting serious, and right now I'm sitting around three I believe around three forty, but I my goal is to get down to about uh, two two forty two fifty awesome and, man that's uh, great working on it working on it. here with the seat I'm sure it won't be an issue. But yeah, no, I'll just encourage anyone like you, you might hear me throwing out my weight game. You're like, man, these guys are nuts. I would never do it. You're probably sitting there listening to this part right now and the whole rest of the podcast you, you didn't even identify with. But right now, no matter how depressed you feel, mm. no matter how sad you feel, no matter how many times you said, I'm going to do it while you're downing another donut ice cream Sunday. Or <laughs> I've been there. I've seen it. I've done it. Um, I'll encourage you, 
God wants you to be healthy. It's not about being skinny. It's not about being fashionable. It's about being healthy. healthy. And I believe that, that God wants that for all of us. And I've seen so many friends and family that have passed away because of this whole COVID virus, because not because of the virus itself, but all their underlying conditions sure, that yeah. were completely avoidable. Um, yet it's a struggle. So yeah. I would just encourage anyone and everyone that if you need help, reach out to me, reach out to Gabe, yeah. Ryan, reach out to us. We'll get you plugged in with people. You know, I'll, I'll, Terrence. I'll help you. And yeah, Terrence, oh man, he's a minister of our church. He's, he's, his goal is to make me the buffest preacher. Uh, and SoCal, yeah. Terrence, that dude is a beast. He's a yeah. personal trainer? Yeah, he's a minister of our church, but yeah, the guy is a specimen. He's he's a personal he's trainer. Like, and yeah. So he's yeah, he's, he's, he's yeah, he's he's a good guy. But um so he's working with me right now. We're trying to figure out schedules and stuff, but he's been a blessing. And uh, just the, the eating part is probably, it, it all starts in the kitchen. And that yep. is the hardest part. It's the hardest part, yep. It is the hardest part because you can work out day and night, but if you're eating garbage day and night, yep. then it's, you know, and, it, and who doesn't like eating? I mean, I know it sounds wrong, but it's like the food that tastes the best is the one that's like. The sure. Best food, so, yeah. As I just went to, you know, uh, what, what's what's the name of that? Uh, the, not Country Kitchen. What's the name of it? Uh, Corky's. Oh no, I heard about that place. Oh, place you gotta go. We're talking about losing weight. We're talking about, about food now. Edit that. Fatties. We're apostolic. That's what you do. <laughs> yeah, but listen, anywhere you go, there's always options. That's, That's right. Tell you, but That's anyway. true. So. Yeah, the eating part is super important. Like I went through a little spell because I, and I'm, <clears throat> I've done this before, but I'm back on the journey. And I went through a, a like a good solid 12 days where I didn't drop a single, not even a half a pound. And I was getting irritated because I was in the gym four or five days, you know, of the week. Mm-hmm. And my wife's just like, dude, you're, you're over there stuffing your face with a bowl of cereal right now. What do you expect? I'm like, yeah, but I'm working at right. You know, <laughs> she's like, no, you need to. And so it's, it's true. Eating is not even half the battle. I think it's 80%, maybe even 90% of that battle. So actually this past weekend, I... I don't know if you guys saw my Instagram story, but I actually meal prepped, nice. which actually it's uh, waiting for me soon. So anyway, well, I appreciate you uh, sharing that. That was uh, insightful. Ryan, you've been very quiet. Do you want to add anything during this special you know, segment? About two weeks ago, I started a, a little diet myself, oh, good. which I did keto like two years ago, lost 25 pounds. Keto is very effective. By the way. Yeah. Um, one and thing I've... get off of it. Yeah, I'll one thing I've not learned. Sustainable though, but anyway. yeah, no, it's definitely not sustainable. But um, I have gout, and um, last Sunday, so almost a week ago, today's Monday, um, I had a gout attack, and mm-hmm. I went to the emergency room. They gave me a shot, and they gave me some medicine. So I and they they told me that you know sudden weight loss if you have gout that can that can trigger a gout attack. Yep. So I was. Um, my brother-in-law was was kind of giving me some advice on on what to do. So, I'm I'm a week. I did one week of keto and did good. Lost like five and a half pounds. And then um, this past week, I've done uh, has been calorie deficient, sure. and um, that's been uh, that's been good. And it's okay. You know, it's it's gonna be. I'm gonna have to make the life, the lifestyle change because I need to drop like 50 pounds. All right, this has been. An awesome bonus content with uh, Marty. Thank you again for being with us, and we will see you next time. Thanks so much for coming on, Pastor Marty. We appreciate appreciate your time. Thank Thank you. you.
All right, everybody. We are here on the bonus uh, segment with Bishop Randy Williams again. If hey, you hey, yeah, welcome. If you didn't hear the first uh, round on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen, go back listen to it. There was tons of wisdom nuggets that were dropped on that episode. I don't think you can just listen to it once. Yeah, and you, you actually be, grasp everything. You're gonna I have heard to it dissect live it, and, and there's just no way to get it all. That's right. But it was super good. So. Uh, Bishop Williams, he is the pastor over at uh, Rock Church of Fort Myers. Did I say that right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Rock Church of Fort Myers. And they have a rocking, socking, Holy Ghost stomping, devil chasing, tongue talking, hand clapping, foot stomping music ministry. I've heard, I always tune into all their videos. I mean, I love when he, whenever he goes live. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, they, you, you, you have a really powerful. Uh, an awesome music team there. Uh, I've never met him yet, and um, I hope I can one day. But I, I want to meet this guy, Trevor. Dude, he's a beast. Oh yeah, that, oh, my that boy can sing, dude. He can sing. Shout, shout out to Trevor. Trevor, yeah. I don't. And again, I don't even know him. He doesn't know who I am for sure. But I'm like, dude, if I he's ever incredible, he's a little mini Israel Hutton. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I know he plays a big role, and of course, your guys' band, your choir. I mean. And you know what? I'm going to say this too. One thing I love about um, your the culture that I've seen, you know, online uh, from your church is you guys still do choir robes. That is awesome. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it just it just takes me back like to to the, the 90s. We're holding yeah, down for the 90s. That's right. It takes me back to I was going to say well, I'm a 90s kid, so it takes me back to my childhood, you know, but uh-huh. seeing the seeing the choir robes and you know, only thing I can say is I I've been in my share of choirs and while the robes are cool, man, under them lights, dude, oh, my gosh, you will sweat. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're not here to talk about my sweat. We're here to talk about uh, this Thank new song. Thank the Lord we're not here to talk about Brother Gabe's sweat. <laughs> we're here to talk about uh, the new single that was released, I believe, just a few weeks ago um, by Bishop Williams and his church. It's called Undefeated, and um, man... It is a fire song, great choir song, great uh, congregational song. I think any church should should and could be able to sing it with their congregation. I know our music team is going to do it here pretty soon. Uh, but yeah, man, it was super awesome. So Bishop, why don't you give us kind of a little bit of insight on where the song came from, how it was written, you know, as much of the story as you're willing and able to share with us over the next few minutes. <clears throat> Yeah, so I, I think it would be remiss of me not to back up and give you a little bit of a backdrop yeah. to this. We came to Fort Myers um, about almost eight years ago. And when we came here, there was about 50 people in the church. And there was literally, uh, the church had been through a really uh, devastating season. And when we came to Fort Myers, there was literally zero musicians. Wow. Nobody. And there were like four people who were singing on the praise team and they didn't really know how to harmonize. That was the music department eight wow. years ago. Wow. So when we showed up, my wife played the keys. Mm-hmm. Uh, my son Isaac played drums. I played bass. And we started trying to teach these four people how to harmonize a little bit. And in the course of eight years, it grew from that into what you see today. Ooh. You know, like a 50, 60 voice choir. We've wow. got first second third string uh band you know um and and it was all all of this was homegrown um from ground up so most of these 
musicians and singers and everybody have been playing and singing for, you know, five, six years at, at most. Wow. Um, so very, very young. Yeah. Very, very young band, young singers. Um, mm-hmm. So that that's kind of cool. But when we first got here and uh, we, we, we started having our very first music rehearsals, I remember some of them saying, you know what, we, we've never really been known for a church that's been very musical. And I remember chuckling and thinking to myself, and I said it out loud, uh, that's going to change. Hello. <laughs> Hello. That's great. And, uh, and I, would, I would literally vision cast way back then and tell them, oh, yeah, one of these days we're going to record music and as a church. And they would look at me like, wow, really? I mean, they just couldn't <laughs> see it looking at our current circumstance. Mm-hmm. So fast, fast forward, really, um, the release of our first single and all of this is, is seeing vision come to pass. Wow. And uh, watching God, you know, just do something amazing. Um, I've known, of course, for years that one day th- this time would come for us to start releasing music. And this year, as we approached our international youth conference, Impact, um, I really felt like it was time. Mm. And and when we settled on the, the theme for our conference, the theme was undefeated. And as I got to thinking about the theme and how we were going to communicate that theme uh, internationally in preparation for the conference, something just struck a chord in me musically. And I thought, you know what, this is a great moment for us to go ahead and make the jump into the music scene and so my idea was let's take this the theme and let's take a thematical approach to the song and and write a song called undefeated mm. and and let's let's premiere the song at the conference and use the conference as a launching point for uh our, our single and the music that's awesome so that so that's how we came up with the name for the song and um i have built a relationship over a handful of years uh, with with lots of people in the industry and um in the past decade really built a, an awesome relationship with some apostolic guys that are uh, awesome musicians producers writers and so i teamed up with a very very good friend of mine uh, brother kurt Kanai. Uh, from Little Rock, Arkansas. And shout said, out to the combo. Yeah, shout out to the combo. And said, look, man, here's what we want to do. And um, he and I have already, you know, we've been discussing this for several years, us doing something at some point. And I told him, it's time. Let's let's go for it. And here's my idea uh, for a song. Here's what we'd like to do. And so we went to work on the song and um, involved a handful of other people that, that we're connected to and uh, the long story short is um, this is what what was what was manifested, and we we couldn't be happier with the song and and how it came about. So how how long would you say that it, it took you to write the actual song itself, like the bones of it? So from the time I we said, listen, we, this is what we want to do, and we hit the go button, to the time we had a solid demo uh, of what the song would sound like pre pre production. Um, probably was less than three months. Okay. Wow. And was yeah. it a was it like a team in terms of um, writing? You know, the initial arrangement and vocals, or did you just come and say, "Hey guys, here's the song. Start practicing," type of thing? So here's the uh, the the way it started is the the initial idea for the song um, came from me. Um, 
you know, wanting to match what we were doing with the conference. Right. And so I sat down with uh, Kurt Kanai, who served as our, our, produce, our producer. I kind of sat in the role of what you would probably call an executive producer. Uh, but he was our producer. And I said, listen, here's what we want to create. Here's the idea for the song. Um, he then uh, reached out to uh, a gentleman that he felt like um, could take that, this idea and maybe come up with a seed form of the idea. A mm-hmm. uh, guy, guy named James Sims. And James Sims came back to us within a few days and said, uh, man, here's here's a little idea. And he basically had the hook, uh, a hook idea for the song and um, and said, here's what I'm thinking. You know, let me know if this strikes a chord. We could go back to scratch. But this is kind of an idea. Well, his first strike at it really hit home. I felt like the vibe really captured the essence of the conference uh, our church's culture. Um, our church is very urban. And uh, I felt like we, we were on to something immediately with that very first hook of the song. Yeah. So then um, Brother Kurt took that idea and started to kind of flesh it out, um, him and James both. Uh, but I think Kurt kind of took the lead at that point in expanding it from just a hook into uh, what what would this look like with some verses and a bridge That's and uh, started fleshing that in. So at some point, all of the pieces were there for what we felt like would be uh, a complete song. Mm-hmm. And uh, so then we said, all right, um, we, we want this now to, to, to be able to work in the context of a choir. And so we reached out to... Um, uh, a young lady by the name of Jessica De Giovanni from Indiana. Uh, her her husband um, Vito De Giovanni is a pretty renowned guy in the apostolic ranks with uh, sound engineering. He's an engineer, and uh, Jessica is really known as an amazing vocalist, but also a vocal arranger. Okay. And so we asked her to take a look at it, and she basically put the vocal arrangement together, a lot of the harmonies and. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way that was arranged and we kind of went back and forth and she, she helped bring that to the table. So uh, it was kind of a, a team effort between a lot of those folks. And when we finally got a, a demo version of it together, then I sat down with our band uh, and our, our choir and we uh, took about a week or so and um, really worked on, putting it together, making sure that we had it together before we started production of the song and kind of made it our own and worked on it before we started production. All right. So since this is the exclusive content, I'm going to ask a very, very exclusive question that I'm putting the pressure on and I hope you'll answer us. You don't have to if you don't want to. You don't have to if you don't want to, but I hope you do. When is the next song or the rest of the (laughs) album coming? (laughs) So that's a great question, Thank and you. I don't have any, I don't have any secrets to hide. <laughs> so we we are we've already I've already been in in preliminary discussions. We're, we're already we're already there mentally and uh, strategically working toward that. Um, I, I think the two bigger factors that kind of come into play here is it, it's time and money. Um, mm. Sure, I, I'm not interested in releasing anything that is subpar quality. Uh, I really feel like this is a day and an age for apostolic music to mm. 
really take the lead on yep. the on the on the stage and uh we saw some of that happen with with the song undefeated um it right out of the gate it it was in the top five of the christian music charts for itunes man that's incredible and with within the next week it was in the top 10 of the billboard charts wow um i mean it was right next to everything else out there from um elevation to cc winans yep. to um torn wells i mean everybody that was there in the top 10 we were sitting right there with them mm-hmm. in the billboard charts and that kind of excellence doesn't happen without tremendous uh investment absolutely, uh, with, absolutely with both yeah. time and money so uh, we're we're working on that. I would say time is the bigger challenge of everything. Yeah. But we absolutely have every intention of of releasing um, more music, an entire album. That's gonna uh, that be super all, exciting. Yeah, it'll all be done at that same level of excellence, and uh, it's it's in play is about the best way I yeah. can can describe it. And I think that the time frame is going to be dictated more by um, how how fast we can leverage our time to get it accomplished than anything. So all right. I know that doesn't give you a direct answer, but it does speak. Oh, no, that's question. all right. Yeah, no, that's good. It gave so us it's hope coming. though. It's coming. Yeah. It gave us hope. Oh yeah. yeah. All right. So final question from me. Um, so you, you, you kind of mentioned that this is a, a great time for apostolic music and, and it really, really is with, with, I don't even want to start naming artists cause I'll forget some, but man, it's just, we, you can literally do a whole set list of, apostolic artist and which is which is an awesome awesome thing um and i know that there's there's this is only the tip of the iceberg there's people that we haven't even heard of yet artists that don't even have the names yet Mm -hmm. the next james wilson's the next bishop williams you know they're they're just they're out there and they're there you guys are paving the way for them um but what would you and i wish i would have asked this on the regular podcast maybe we can clip this over i don't know Gabe's giving me the, we'll the death stare go, right go, now. Go, 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 go. But um, <laughs> what would you say to these to younger um, artists? Are, do they have the desire to be artists or musicians that want to produce or want to come out with their own music? What advice would you give them now that you've gone through that experience? Yeah, I think, I think there's a two-armed approach that's really important, and I'm by no means an expert uh, on this subject. Um but I think that the two things that, that come into play at, at a super high level is number one, the obvious is your commitment to perfecting your gift. Um, so whether you're a musician or a singer, it's what is the level of, of time and your resources that you are spending to bring a higher level of excellence to what That's you good. do. That's good. Um, you know, does again, desire, and passion only speak to part of it. We, we, so many times we put the spotlight on passion and desire, but it means nothing if it's not channeled into action. Mm-hmm. And that, and that action is, is the actual development of, of what you do as a musician or a singer or a writer or a, a producer, you know, whatever it is that you bring to the table when it comes to creative arts. So that, that's the first thing is, you know, passion will beat out a course for itself and anybody that's really serious about putting out um content that's that's at that level mm-hmm. uh, there's got to be there's got to be action that matches your desire to do that yeah the second I thing i that. would say is the second thing i would say is critical is 
building your network of connections to people Absolutely. that are already in the industry doing this. Absolutely. There, there's so many facets to putting out um, great content from from engineering uh, and even, you know, uh, just capturing the content from an engineering perspective. You know, do you know engineers? Are you connected to engineers? Mm-hmm. Do you have people that you know will can can come do the project? Do you know what it costs to do that? Uh, all of those things come into play. Um, then, then you get the whole post-production part of this. Mm-hmm. Um, once you've captured it, what about the mixing and the mastering uh, of the project and overdubbing and and yeah. um, may, maybe you don't have all of the pieces of the puzzle. So, do you have the connectivity to other musicians who might need to come in and lay tracks or other vocalists or, I mean, uh, building a network to where you are connected yeah. to the right people can bring that to the table the table is huge mm-hmm. even pre pre-production songwriting maybe you're a gifted singer or musician but maybe strong writing isn't your strong point so yeah. you know who's going to write the material that you want to sing maybe you've got ideas but you don't know how to bring those from the fifth dimension of of, of idea into the third dimension of of you know being written on a piece of paper um are you connected to great songwriters um Maybe you're doing a live recording and do you have connections to the people that know what they're doing with a live recording or, or, or maybe the artwork, the the graphic design for your project. I mean, it could go on and on and on, but it truly takes a a team of a a lot of amazing people to put something together. You know, maybe you're doing live recordings. Okay. You're a great singer. Who's going to do all your background singing? Yeah. And, and if you have nine to 12 people doing that, who are they? And do you know them? Um, you know, I had, the well, I'll tell you if I ever do one, um, uh, I'll probably be the background singer for Trevor. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You know, that boy um, can sing, man. Yeah. He's an amazing vocalist and, um, very, very gifted young man, great young preacher too. And, uh, God's doing some amazing things, but you know, I, I continue. I, I think it's important to never cease being a student mm. because music is, is very fluid. That's good. And, and it's always moving and it's it's relevance to today's generation. Uh, if you're going to if you're going to be an effective voice, you've got to be able to speak the language of the yeah. generation that, that you live in. Absolutely. And so I'm, I'm not as young as I used to be. You know, I'm not a young 20s person. I'm, I'm in my mid 40s now. But I'm always working. You look good, by to, the way, Bishop. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But I'm, I'm constantly striving to, to be able to speak the language of this generation in some kind of a way. And so, like, Undefeated was was a great example of that. It's got a very right now sound to it. Um, I mean, yes. we did something that I don't think I've ever heard in apostolic music. I, I brought out the talk box. And uh, you can hear the talk box in there. And I, that that was actually me doing the talk box. In wow, the yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um but I, I try to stay very plugged in and involved. I, I like I had the privilege earlier this year of uh, participating in another amazing live recording that hasn't been released yet. But uh, David Jennings is another very very gifted. Oh my goodness! Artist. I'm on pins and needles waiting for that one, dude. Yeah, that's that, our boy that, right there. That dude is yeah. fire. Yeah, that we're actually trying to get him on the podcast. Now that you're on, maybe he'll join. <laughs> I'll put in a good word. Yeah, do it. But, Tip uh, of the iceberg. He's He's an amazing young uh, musician 
man of God who I think his music really resonates with today's generation. And man, I, I was I was excited, you know, to, to be plugged into a matrix of younger people who have the, the pulse and the heartbeat of today's generation. But I drew a lot of inspiration even from that experience. Yeah. Uh, you know, when we did our undefeated project. So I don't think it can be understated the importance of, of networking uh, with people who um, are doing what you're trying to do. Yeah. Uh, and, and making sure that you, you become, you know, remain a student of of, of the music and, and the, yeah. the day and age that you live in. Wow, that was really great insight, and um, I definitely concur with both you and Ryan that I think uh, this is the day, this is the season for apostolic music. You know, um, the the out even the generation younger than both of us, because we're we're I guess we're considered millennials, but now you got Gen Gen Z and Gen Y, and who knows what other yeah. generations. But That's it. they don't really resonate, you know, with um, with the older apostolic. Pentecostal songs like I mean That's I could right. I could bust out with uh you know here I am Lord and they'll just be like what you know yeah. or you know uh <laughs> I was glad when they said you start singing that stuff and I mean yeah, yeah they'll they'll, yeah. they'll worship or whatever but it doesn't it doesn't hit them the same way that it hits That's, those of us who grew up yeah. with those songs That's right. That's and so I'd right. say for like the last decade uh maybe even longer we've have in our apostolic Pentecostal churches we've been singing um, I don't. I'm not going to use the word secular, but we've been singing songs from people who don't have a full revelation of the, of the full truth. That's right. Yeah. And it's not that you know. I mean, it's not that their bad songs are written you know poorly. I mean, we've had great moves of God with, you know, how great is our God or what whatever songs we're singing. But right, I think we are at a at a prime, uh, sweet spot right now in apostolic music, and I see God elevating people. You know, such as the names we've been talking about, you know, David Jennings, yeah. James Wilson, uh, Frankie Taylor, Draylon See, Young. this is why he shouldn't have started naming names. I, yeah. I tried to. You know, <laughs> uh, Bishop Williams. But I, I think it's awesome because, like you said, Ryan, I mean, for our Pastor's Day next month, I, I literally, the, the set list is apostolic written songs. Yeah, we just and, did one as well. And that's awesome. So praise God for that. So, well, this has been um, really great. Again, we cannot thank you enough for for joining us today and being on thanks the show. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah thanks for and me on. Um, for everyone who stuck around for the Patreon, we are really excited because in this same uh, link here, you're going to get to see some behind the scenes footage from uh, Bishop Williams, who's given us some awesome behind the scenes footage of their recording of of Undefeated. And uh, go go give them a, a follow. Where can they find you, Bishop, your church, if they want to follow you guys on uh, social media? Yeah, so you can find us a couple places, of course. Um, our website is rockchurchftmyers.com. And uh, we, we have links there to everything. But okay, you can find awesome. us on, can find us on Instagram or Facebook by just typing in the Rock Church of Fort Myers. And uh, our music is on every major platform. Yep. And uh, we, you can follow us pretty much anywhere. There's social connectivity. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much. This was great, 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 great episode. Great content, great interview. This was uh, Bishop Randy Williams, everybody. Thanks for having me, man. God bless you yes, guys. Yes, sir. Thank you guys for supporting Leader Huddle. Eli, say Leader Huddle out. Leader Huddle.